Welcome to the Maven Nation. Maven Nation, your tactical podcast to getting more, 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 or less. With your host, Michael Andrew. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. I have a very special guest in the studio today, Angelina Hills. I've known her since I've moved to Maui. It was in 2010, so I've known her for about eight years. And the reason why I'm bringing her on to the show is because, in my opinion, she is very balanced. She she has to be doing some things in her life that we can learn from. I want to pick her brain a little bit. She's a mother of two kids, great photographer who has changed her business model. Obviously, she's married, great shape, just amazing all-in-one, and I'm very excited to have her here. I consider her to be a very good friend of mine here. Angelina, thank you for joining us. Mm, thanks for having me. That's such an introduction. You make me feel so special. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I've never told you this, but uh, I feel like if you were to take Michael the Maven and turn him into a woman, you are the closest person I've met. I'd say, yeah, probably just in terms of how you think, entrepreneur, photographer. And so there's a lot of things that you are very experienced in, especially like raising kids and being an entrepreneur. I'm very curious in terms of how you do it all. The first thing, this is going to sound kind of strange. What do you, what's your average day like? How does your day start? And I'm interested in what you eat. Okay. Well, <laughs> lately, actually, I've found that if I wake up earlier than the kids, um, all about balance. But if I wake up earlier, then I can actually get a workout in before they're up. And that starts my day off right. Like my mindset, I get more energy for the day. What time do you wake up typically? Um, I try to wake up by six okay. and be back home by seven. I'll either go for a run outside or I'll go down to the gym. It's like five minutes away. Okay. So just get in a quick workout and yeah, I just feel so much better when I'm back home. And so is that pretty much every every weekday, or you take? Um, I probably do it three or four times a week. I try to give myself some days to sleep in a little bit more, or wake up maybe six thirty and just kind of do like a mindset for the day, like kind of just uh, write down my goals for the day. That happens after the workout. No, those are on days that I don't work oh, okay. out. Okay, I'll just do kind of not like a meditation, but just like a quick planning meeting. Yeah. With myself or like listen to something motivational or just kind of get myself off on the right start. What kinds of exercises do you do? And the reason why I'm asking this is because Angie is in great shape. Thank you. What do you do to stay in shape? What kinds of exercises? Are you into yoga, weightlifting? Um, yoga I like, but I don't have the patience for. It's just too long of a class, hour, hour and a half. Um, I like to run, but it's not for long. I'll go for like a quick... 10, 15 minute jog. If I'm at the gym, I do like elliptical, then a run, then I do some squats. I kind of just do a variation of all different things. Um, I like to do toning, but also cardio. I think the cardio um, gets my endorphins going too. It's not just about being in shape. It's about like my mind. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. There's a mental toughness you get from working out. Yeah. And then having the routine of it, uh, the more I do it, the more... I want to keep doing it. If I stop for like a week, then I feel sluggish and have less motivation to go. So try to stay on top of that. And then, um, yeah, did you ask me what do I eat? Yeah, Is for breakfast. What's okay. your breakfast? Do you eat breakfast? Or do you, what do you, what do yeah, you? I love breakfast. <laughs> um, I alternate between like, I do an egg in a hole. Have you heard of that? I just cut a little um, 
hole in toast. Okay. Put an egg in there. Okay. So I've got my bread and bread and egg. Um, I'll do a smoothie, like a protein smoothie. Okay. I put some spirulina in there for some extra energy. Are there and any then, other supplements you take? Not really. Hmm. So it's no. one egg in one piece of toast, pretty much. In the nest. Smoothie. Yeah, just to get me going. Okay. Um, I'll have like fruit or something, banana in the car on the way to school with the kids or something. And often I'm so focused on the kids in the morning getting them breakfast that I'll just throw a piece of toast in the toaster and put some almond butter and maybe a little bit of honey and then put it on a napkin and throw it in the car and I just eat on the run. Okay. Um, Tell us about <laughs> your kids. How old are they? Okay. I've got a five-year-old girl and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy. And their, and their names are Alani. Alani and, and Kahiki. Kahiki. Interesting. What is Kahiki? That's a kind of an unusual name. Yeah. Uh, unique. So my husband is from Tahiti and then I'm from Maui, Hawaii. Um, he came up with it and it actually means Tahiti in Hawaiian. And it just mm. seemed to make sense that we put our two islands together and come up with Kahiki. That's cool. And he goes by Kiki now. Aw. That's yeah. a very unique name. Interesting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your photography background and, and maybe your background as an artist. I know that you 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 paint too, don't you? Yep. I mean, from a young age, I had the art gene in me. Um, it runs in my family too, as your, I look back. Your dad's back. an artist, isn't he? My dad's an artist. He's a, he was actually a photographer as well. Um, but I didn't know that I'd be a photographer until after college, really, and I always knew I wanted to be an artist when I grew up. I went to like a Waldorfy artistic school, always painting and drawing, and I loved it and I thrived in it. So going off to college, I didn't study art. I studied um, business and actually child development because those two things interest me. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got back from college, I moved back to Maui. Um, Where'd you go to college? <clears throat> Whittier College. It's in California? It's in California. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I got back, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was kind of one of those like hop on Craigslist, look for jobs and manage like maybe five different things at a time, just random stuff for a while. Um, and I did a little bit of modeling and had got this job with another photographer modeling. And then he happened to need an assistant. He, he's a wedding photographer and he said, oh, I, I need another second shooter. You want to come and give it a try? And That's how you got started in photography? Yeah, I was modeling for him. And <laughs> then then I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. And Interesting. he took me to it. a wedding with another camera and showed me how to how to use it. And, and I loved it. It was so, wow. so exciting. And so I was like, oh, this is artistic too. Yeah. Like I've got the eye for it. Yeah, surely. And he said, oh yeah, you're great at this. So he hired me and worked with him for several several mm. years. That's interesting. It's like sometimes we don't know we have these like skill sets hardwired into us. We we have no idea we have them until we try it. And so you, you had a friend that said, hey, try this out. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and then you started, where did you start shooting portraits or weddings? Like when you, what at what point did you say, I'm going to do this on my own? How long after you? Uh, I think it was about two years I worked with him. But um, I had studied in Australia part of college for like a semester, and I um, had wanted to go back there. So I moved back to Australia and decided 
after working some bar jobs and things that I wasn't enjoying, like, okay, now's the time to buy my own camera. And I just offered photo shoots for the people that I was working with, like their families. And I just, I was like so in love with it and thriving off that. And I was like, oh, I should just like start a little business of this and just kept practicing and offering shoots for free. Um, and then people started to like want to, you know, pay me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about this, but yeah, okay. That's, I, I that's think, my goal. I think everybody goes through that. When, when yeah. they're becoming a photographer, I think they're shooting. And at some point, a lot of them say, I want to go pro. And, and some of them have a really hard time accepting money. It's like they feel guilty or something. Yeah, because it's something that you like really enjoy doing. And it's like a gift to them. Yeah. But um, yeah, in the end, if you want to make a business of it, you have to charge them some money. So I got to ask you this question because I go through this a lot. A lot of our listeners are photographers. What do you say to somebody who asks you for a free photo shoot now? If they say, Hey Angie, I, this X, Y, Z, can you do a free shoot for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the circumstances, I guess. But right now, like my nighttime is so limited and, um, my family is my priority that I just say, look, I've, I just don't have the time for it. Um, there's probably a rare occasion that I will do it if my if my schedule is open and like it sounds exciting or like something I'm really into and I'm passionate about it. Um, but yeah, if it if it's going to jeopardize my time with my family, then interesting. I just say I can't do it right now. So you have you've you've set some boundaries for yourself in terms of priorities. Obviously, it sounds like your family is number one. Yeah, and I had to learn how to do that because when I first had my daughter, I didn't know how to do that. I was like businesswoman. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I grew I took so long to grow my business and I it took a lot of effort that I didn't want to just like let it go. Like, oh, here's a baby and you just have to say no to work cuz I was like back out there within a month or something. I I just had a hard time saying no. Yeah. But I didn't feel good leaving her and it was just a struggle. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so I learned to say no and it felt good to like prioritize her. Yeah. Now you, I'm trying to think at what point, cause you were shooting weddings, you were shooting portraits and family sessions that pretty much changed when you had your first child. Was that right? Or- yeah. I was really busy. I, I mean, yeah. I was, I would say I was just so successful. I could shoot probably almost every day if I said yes to everything. Um, and then I was doing weddings and, there's good money in that. But when my daughter came along and I was like, okay, I need to cut back somewhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had a conversation with my husband and he's like, you know, I don't, I don't see you really like enjoying weddings so much. Like a wedding would be coming up and I'd be kind of stressing about it. Like yeah. I just feel anxious. Um, every wedding I had was great, but there was just, there's just so much pressure to it that I said, you know, well, if I'm going to give up something, I'm going to just start to say no to weddings. And it was hard to say no at first, but I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but here's another photographer that I, that is great. I'd love to refer you to them. And it really felt good after a while (laughs) to be like, no, I don't have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that aren't, aren't photographers, uh, shooting a wedding, you can, you can make anywhere from two to $10,000 on a single shoot. And then there's a lot of workflow after that in terms of going through the images and processing them and making an album. And there's a lot, a lot of work. And so something in, in this interview just now with Angie, what I'm realizing is she had set some priorities and she was willing to say no to people. And sometimes that feels like you don't want to do it because you don't want them to feel rejected or you don't want them to, you don't want to hurt their feelings. But in the end, you really, 
if you're going to be efficient, you have to say no to people. You have to. And so it sounds like at that time you were kind of burned out on weddings a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. And the editing, that is a true point that it, it takes so much of your time. You can spend days just editing and people don't understand that. It's like, oh, I pay you so much and you're there for half a day. And yeah. you're like, really? It's like a, a week's worth of work. Easily. And when, when I was shooting, it was we would shoot on Saturday. And if I raced, I'd be lucky to get done by Thursday or the Friday before the next shoot. Right. And, and I was burned out. I was always getting tired and burned out. So this brings up another very interesting point about efficiency. It's being paid once with a lot of money or being paid over and over and over again in a residual model. And so this brings up the question now is like, so if you weren't going to do weddings, how were you going to continue your photography business in such a way that you could get, make good money on it? What did you decide to do? Well, for a while there, I decided, okay, well, I, I still love the portraits. You can get in and get out in like an hour, some driving, and then edit within just a couple of hours. So it's just so much more manageable. I can edit during nap time with the kids and I can I can do five of those and make, well, I guess as much in a wedding, but still I was just so much happier to just go out and do those littler jobs. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, something else was calling me. Um, something else was just like pulling at me like, oh, well, you know, I need to build some kind of passive income here, mm-hmm. not just not just out there. Um, yeah, working for that set amount of money. Like I want I want the possibility of something more. So I, I knew there was um, a time that it was just nudging me to find that something. And uh, an idea came to me to try to get my images onto a hat. Um, like a trucker hat. A trucker hat, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, how did this journey, how did you figure it out? Now, as a side note, keep in mind, she's making a transition from a very successful wedding and portrait business, and she's transitioning into, she calls it a passive model. It's the same thing as residual. is where you do a certain amount of work, and you get paid for it over and over and over again. So, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. They have these ideas and they're like, well, how am I gonna, what am I going to do? How did you make the transition? How did you figure it out? What did you do? So I had a friend um, print me an image on canvas, basically. Um, I didn't know how to print onto fabric yet. So he printed it on canvas and I said, okay, well, maybe I could just try to figure it, cutting this out and like sewing it to the hat. Uh, yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I tried that and it didn't quite turn out because <laughs> canvas it it's like pretty stiff. Yeah. Um. So I was like, uh, this, this is the idea, like this is the concept, but it just wasn't working the way that I had envisioned it, and I couldn't just uh figure out how to print it directly onto the hat. Like my idea was to sew it onto the hat mm-hmm. with some nice fabric. Yeah. So. I had the idea there, and then finally, uh, I came across, I guess, a website where I could. Um, oh, it was a blanket company. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why don't I just uh, print my photos onto this blanket? Okay. And it's softer, and um, it'll like be easier to attach to the yeah. to the hat. So I just said, okay, well, I, I put I sized it all out and ordered a blanket of a bunch of different images, and hoped for the best and. I got it, cut it out, and it worked. So you li- you literally took this piece of fabric, cut it, and sewed it onto the hats. And by the way, these are Angie's pictures 
of Hawaiian themed subjects. So it might be a rainbow, it might be a palm tree, it might be a coconut or a pineapple. And so I, I think, and I even talked about this in the efficiency playbook, this is a very interesting shift in a business model because now she's doing something where these are her images. She has a competitive advantage that nobody else can use her images unless they ask for permission or they're stealing. So this is a very interesting concept. And so when I have friends visiting Maui, if they're like a really important you know group of people to me, I'll order some hats from Angie because I don't want to... Lays are cool, but lays lays go bad after a day or a couple days, you know, and then they, you know, they, they smell nice. Yeah, right. Great. But a hat, you know, that's like a souvenir they can take home with them. And they could wear it for, you know, potentially a couple of years. And so you have the hats on your website still. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yes. still doing good. Yeah. It takes time to sew them. So I, um, I was so excited about this new thing where I could just do at home and mm-hmm. I could be so creative with it. And I realized I have so many images over the years. Like I just went through my archive and I was like, wow, this would be a cool hat. This, <laughs> yeah. Palm trees, rainbows, yeah, like I have so much. So, I, um, and then, and then I got to thinking, well, what else should I do? And I was out there shooting d- new things. Um, so yeah, it, it really, um, drove me with a lot of, uh, passion to, focus on this new art side of things and do it from my home when I could. Like I didn't have to be out there driving to a shoot. And mm-hmm. um, You have the flexibility. You're not tied into a schedule or you have a boss telling you to come here and be here at a certain time. And this is why, I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with me that employment working for somebody is very restrictive because you have to make that the priority. You have to be there at a certain time. You have to work certain hours and Everything else kind of revolves around the job. When you are an entrepreneur and working for yourself, you can set your own priorities. You can decide when you you can be flexible. You save time, not driving, you know, literally commuting, especially if you have traffic and things. So in in terms of uh, a more enjoyable lifestyle, I definitely think entrepreneurism is is the way to go. And so how did you find your first customers? How did you sell? I went on Etsy actually to begin with and... They started selling like hotcakes, I guess you could say. Did you just like build a website and then strangers started buying them? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And they did really well on Etsy. Um, I decided after a while I wanted to have my own website. And so I built my own. And then um, through the hats, other things started popping up. Like I was like, well, I have all these images. Um, What else should I make? And I just ran into more products that I could put my photography on and then it just grew and grew like every week almost I'd come up with like a new idea of, well, maybe I should put it on this and instead of just like wall art, because these images could be wall art. Sure. Yeah. And actually I'm going to focus on that kind of backwards. I'm, I'm <laughs> focusing on that this year. Do you get people asking you for prints? And yeah. And yeah. Stuff? And I'm like, yeah, amazing. well, I haven't done that yet. So they should be available. Um, That's funny. But yeah. So I have like, now I have iPhone cases, tote bags, um, I got really excited about making bikinis. Yeah. Being a Maui girl, I was like, why don't I put my images on bikinis? So I figured out the fabric, ordered the fabric. Are you doing bikinis now? I did uh, two runs of them, Um, but I've kind of put it on pause. They were a lot of work. Really? (laughs) Yeah, just all the different sizing and Hmm. um, the cost is really high here, actually. Hmm. I would love to go to Bali and... uh, source them over there mm-hmm. so maybe that'll be in the cards huge. in the cards someday yeah that could be huge yeah 
It was so fun though. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to make bikinis. And I got so excited about it. And they, they did, they sold well. I actually made a pineapple bikini that sold so quickly and became so popular that um, China ripped it off. Oh no. Yeah. Dang China. Yeah. My exact image. It was, it was a reversible bikini of like scattered pineapples. And then on the inside was the pineapple skin. Oh my gosh. They ripped it off? Yeah. Dang it. They they must have, someone must have ordered my bikini, taken and, it to China yeah. and... Reverse engineered it? Yeah. It wasn't an American manga. It was just somebody in China? Or yeah. Basically. But I didn't so think it was possible because it is my images. Like, mm -hmm. unless you get my digital file, I didn't think it was possible. But they somehow were able to scan the fabric. Jeez. Yeah. The copyright laws in China are different. And it's very hard. It's, unless you have a connection with the Chinese government, it's almost impossible to get copyright protection for China, which is yeah. sad. Um, you have a great logo. Your your bikinis, your hats, uh, your a lot of your stuff ha has your logo on it, your original logo. Is that right? It's like a little wave? Yeah. In the shape of an A, kind of? It's an A and an H, but yeah, it looks like a wave. So another thing, just as a side note, I think it's very interesting that you, you started off with one idea, the hats. And as you make this progression of, hey, let's try this, and maybe the canvas didn't work, and you're like, okay, well, we're going to try this, and that worked, and that led to a progression of these other new ideas that eventually came, and so now you have a whole website dedicated to all the different products that are available, and th this is your main job right now, right? You're not, how often are you shooting besides for, you, you do a lot of your own promotional shoots and, and so on your Instagram and stuff, but I'm saying... Um, are you shooting any more for, you know, like portraits or family yeah. sessions or anything? You know, I still do. I'd say one to four shoots a month, depending on the season, like spring break, it gets busy mm -hmm. and it's just repeat clients. Like I honestly don't even have a website anymore because it just expired and I need to get it back up and running. I don't have alohaportraits.com oh, no. right now, which is on my list of th things to do, but all my shoots that come in are just repeat clients and that's enough for me right now. Um, I'm happy with that because I am so focused on the art side of things, mm. but I'm still happy to go out there and shoot and, and yeah. fill that creative side and, and be with people and, um, create something that's so meaningful to them yeah. as well. I like that side of it, but I'm just doing less of it, I guess. Just judging your excitement. I can sense you're far more excited about your product line. It, the, just getting the energy from you. That's what I'm getting. Um, and it, it is, it's, when you're excited about something, it's so much easier to work on it. Ballpark, how many hours per week do you spend on the product line? Mm, I'd say 10 to 15. My time is really limited. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's why, you're <laughs> that's why right I wake now. up super early, go to the gym because once I drop the kids off at school, I mean, any mom can probably relate who's trying to run a business. Yeah. It's just, you've got a crunch time of really maybe three hours and you got to feed yourself and then you get back in the car to get them. So even Kahiki's going to preschool or something? He has a daycare three days a week. So I have him two days so a I week. So I didn't know it. So that's brilliant. So get the kids at their school and then you're using that time for for your business. Yeah, I, I do as much as I can in those three hours, uh, three days a week, basically. Mm -hmm. He'll probably be going five days in in the new session, but yeah, so limited time. I don't yeah. have that much time to work on the business, but I do as much as I can when I can. 
and you're, it, it seems like things are going pretty well. I mean, from, yeah. from what I see, I think you're doing, I think you're killing it right now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of how far it's come and, and it's true. I am so much more excited about this because there's so much more potential for it to grow and to, to create that passive income or I don't know what door is going to open for me next in the art world. Whereas like a family photo shoot, I know exactly what I'm going to get. I yeah. know how much money I'm going to get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the, the, the one-time jobs, you know, I kind of look at it like, is there's, even if you're working on that full-time, there's a limit in terms of how many one-time shoots or how many one-time wedding sessions. There's a limit to the maximum income that you can make doing right. that one-time payment versus the res, the residual and passive stuff. You know, if you got picked up by, a, you know, like say Quicksilver store, or PacSun or what, whoever, whatever, there's, there's no, almost no ceiling on that. You know, if you could blow up one, you know, you could work at this for five or 10 years and, and then one day wake up and you're the hottest brand in bikini or you, you just don't know that when you're being an entrepreneur. And so when you look at the potential ceiling that Angie has, and especially look at the number of hours she's spending on it per week, it's, it's a, it's a far more efficient way to be an entrepreneur, make money, have kids. So you go and you pick your kids up and then you're with them for the, they have your attention for the rest of the day pretty much, right? Yeah. I try to focus on them. And I mean, there's all the other stuff that come with being a mom too, like making them dinner and dealing, <laughs> doing the laundry and yeah. cleaning up after all their toys because they don't do it yet. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're starting to, but yeah. They seem like really happy kids. They are. I'm so lucky. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you, how do you punish them when they get, when they're misbehaving? I'd be interested. I'm just curious. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle them? Um, I think I'm pretty soft mom, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it kind of works for me. Like they, they are so happy. And when I do have to punish them, it's like, okay, you're not listening. You're going to go to your room and think about it. And that's mainly my, <laughs> that's like my punishment or I have to take something away from them if, if I was promising them a, a treat or something, you know, yeah. I've got to say, if you, if you keep doing this, you're not getting that. Um, but there are, there are obviously rules and there's consequences when those rules are broken. That's yeah. What it sounds like. And if I get upset, which I don't often, they know they did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That seems to work for us. Tell us if you don't mind the biggest mistake that you made in the lesson you learned from it in this more recent business with the products, was there any painful lessons or expensive lessons you were like, oh man, you know, is there anything you can share with us that we can learn from? Oh, right off the top of my head, um, I guess with the bikini line, I had some of them made in Kauai with the company called Kaikini Bikini. Um, I remember that. You were excited they, about that. Yeah, they are awesome. They make such high quality bikinis and I'm, I'm still impressed with I still order from them um, for my personal bikinis as well. Like I send them fabric and have them make me mama matching set for me and my daughter. But the price point on that is they're so expensive because their quality is great and they're making them in Hawaii. Um, so I was looking for something a little bit, I guess, less expensive. So were the, you were partnering, you were going to partner up with them. And they I were, did. I collaborated with okay. them. And they were going to print, help me understand, your images on their bikinis or would it be an Angelina Hill line? Um, it was a collaboration. They still had their tags on it, but I also had my tag on it. Cool. I just sent them my fabric and I let them sell some on their end on their website and I sold some on my, my site. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, it was good. It helped me get my name out there more because yeah. they have a huge following. Um, but I was looking for a way to do it. Um, 
more cost effective that I could actually sell them maybe in some stores. And Mm -hmm. so I worked with, um, I found somebody else on Maui, um, sewing, but didn't quite go as it wasn't just, it wasn't easy. It was like, I had to go and do all the sizing and Mm -hmm. he said one thing, but then it was another thing like, Oh, they're going to be made in LA with my, um, sewers over there. But then he's like, Oh, actually I'm going to make them all here. And, the quality just didn't turn out as nice as I was hoping. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of bumps in the road there. Um, things I ordered for for the bikinis like were the wrong size or yeah, it was a headache. So Meanwhile, I was pregnant with my son at that time. Yeah. I was like trying to get it all done before I had him so that I would have all these bikinis to mm-hmm. sell. Um it was there was a lot of lessons I guess learned there, but I'm still glad I did it. Yeah, you'll probably go back and do it with another supplier. Well, that's where I'm like, oh, I want to go to Bali or something. Like somewhere that just has that high quality um, that I know I'm going to get the end result to be the way that I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, That that brings up a really great point about outsourcing and who your suppliers are. And the truth of the matter is I've I've used, I don't program, you know, we, I make apps, you know, I design the apps and I find programmers and there is always this phase of screening potential suppliers and vendors that you're going to work with because some of them really do not have their crap together. And it's not your fault. You know, when you, when you start talking to them, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, everything's all positive and it turns out, you know, they're, they're not bringing their A game or whatever. And this is going to sound so painful to say, but I got to say it. Uh, sourcing products to be made in the United States is very expensive right now, or at least within the last few years, it's, it doesn't give you, an advantage in costs over somebody who's outsourcing, let's say, I hate to say it, from China or Bali or these other countries where they're, you know, they can pr- produce something for a dollar, you know, and that's that's what's going to, going to help a company be successful if they're selling something in, in mass quantities. Your profit margins have to be significant. Otherwise, you, you may not be, you may lose money, you know, sometimes it's shipping things over and, and you got your import tariffs and all this other stuff. And, and then you got, you know, sales tax and all this other, you know, you may not make a whole lot of money. And that's what Angie's describing is that there's this cost ratio that you have to, to find a way to get a good supplier. And it's, and it's not the entrepreneur's fault. They have to just systematically go through these not good partners to work with. And so that, I think that's pretty interesting as well. Angie, how can my listeners find you on social media? Um, they can find me several ways. I'm on Instagram at Angelina Hills and then at Angelina Hills. At Angelina Hills. Okay. If you want to look at my portraits, it's at Aloha Portraits. Okay. It's kind of fairly new, so I don't have that much there, but I'm growing it casually. <laughs> and then I've also have uh Facebook, Angelina Hills Photography and Aloha Portraits. Awesome. Um, yeah. Where are your products sold? For all your listeners, I have a, my newest product is these pop sockets. If you haven't heard of them, they're these devices that you just, um, I guess they're kind of glued onto the back of your iPhone case. You can remove them, but they just pop out so you can hold your um, your phone a lot easier. And uh, It has your artwork on it. It has my artwork on it. How many designs do you have for that? I've got five. Right on. Shells, uh, pineapples, palm trees, Tahitian pearls, um, a rain- double rainbow. Cool. 
Yeah. Very nice. I, lo- I love it. Yeah. So if you want to um, pop on my website, that AngelinaHills.com, um, we have a special code for all of you. It's just MAVEN. What a great coupon code. <laughs> all capital. MAVEN is the coupon code. And yeah, what are they? 50% off. Um, 50% off. So they're able to get some Angelina art on their phone and is it's free shipping too, isn't it? Yep. Free shipping. Excellent. So I will put that link on the top of the episode title if you guys are interested in getting a great little pop-up from Angelina Hills. And you guys can see some of her other products and cool things that she offers. I will put that link in the mavennation.com episode for this podcast. If you guys want to see the direct link, it'll be there. Is there anything else you want to share with my viewers? Thank you so much. Do you ever get mad? I've always wondered this. What happens when Angelina Hills gets really <laughs> mad? What do you do? Uh, I can't imagine you upset. I've yeah, I guess I get quiet. Oh, really? Before I and like store it all in until I find a way to release it. But I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't yell. I'm just such a quiet, like soft person. Yeah. Um, you seem. I, you seem introverted. Yeah, I am. You are. Yeah. Very soft, very quiet. I've never seen you talk so much. I think this is the first time I've seen you actually <laughs> talk so much. <laughs> well, I guess that's what happens when you interview me. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I deal with everything, I guess, in a soft manner. My dad is a lot like that, so I guess I must have got it from him. I don't get angry. Your dad seems like a good guy. I've never met him. I've seen a lot of his posts on Facebook. He's he's, he's a, awesome. He's an interesting man. Yeah, he's. I got my entrepreneurial side from him as well. Um, How do you feel about you, you've you've clearly defeated the risk taking? You're not worried about potentially losing a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars on a business venture. You've lost money clearly doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean the bikini thing, I guess, was kind of that. But I feel like I recovered it. I still have bikinis to sell. I'm mm-hmm. not too worried about it. And I I'm proud that I like had a vision, and I I'm proud when I have that vision and I go for it and I do it and I try it rather than just amazing. like not trying. Yeah, so I'm glad I've done that several times that I still yeah. like have the motivation to keep going and just wait for the new idea to come. Oh, that's interesting. So you know new ideas are coming, right? Yeah, they always <laughs> are. I mean, I just wait for them and I try to be patient with them as well. And I have to say that it's so interesting that you um, say I would maybe be the female version of you yeah. because I look up to you so much as oh, well. Maybe I would say that the same, like... Michael's just so ambitious. He's always doing something. He's <laughs> definitely not like lazy. Uh, and so those are aspects that I really value in someone. And Thank you, Angie. I appreciate yeah. that so much. I have a, I have a picture of a bamboo forest that when I first moved to Hawaii uh, or Maui, Angie gave me that picture. It's been on my refrigerator for eight years. Did you know that? That's awesome. That right <laughs> I love that photo. <laughs> I love the bamboo forest. It's amazing. Yeah. And I hope I hope I can share more of those like beautiful landscapes maui is such a beautiful place it's crazy and i get to go to tahiti often too because my husband's from there so i have like these beautiful places that i live in and i guess my goal now is just to keep sharing that with people and like yeah have it on their walls like you're saying like that's been up there for so long yeah and i'm glad that for sure you enjoy it i love it it's like one of my favorite pictures that i have in here so Thank you so much for joining us on the Maven Nation, Angie. I appreciate you taking some time, especially for our female and our mom entrepreneurs. This is a great example that even with kids, even with a busy schedule and all the things that you have to do as a mom, I know it's so hard. 
you can find some time to start a business, to roll the dice and make great money, only working 10 or 15 hours a week. You just got to be creative and take a chance. It's AngelinaHills.com. Yes. At Angelina Hills on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Angie. Appreciate you so much. Thank you guys for listening and I have more great interviews coming and we'll see you next time. Thank you.